Mike, turn your games down. Are you welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found? I am Mike Jefferson, and who's with me tonight? Uh, Peter Bingham Pancrats, once again. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great and to be where back. My, where my people know you from, besides the show? Well, if you're a fan of the show, you might know me from several other previous Star Wars episodes. I have also uh, am a, an author, uh, so if you want to give a good sci-fi adventure, you should check out The Fifth Civilization, available now, wherever books are sold. And Amazon. And Amazon. Don't mention it. <laughs> That's where I bought my copy, that is somewhere in this house. Yes, go to Amazon and buy it, and like Mike, <laughs> keep it in your house for a long time. Maybe read it too. Maybe, if you want. <laughs> so we are here to talk about Star Wars Heir to the Empire. But not the novel. We no. are here to talk about the comic, which is mm-hmm. a comic adaptation of the novel that came out in the novel came out in 1991 and the comic adaptation came out in, I think, 19, uh, 1995 comic miniseries sometime later. And the funny thing is, when I first had told some people, oh, we're going to do this, he's like, you're doing the novel. Like, no, no, the comic. He's like, what are you talking about? It's a novel. I'm like. Yes, but there's also, thankfully, a comic that I was right. able to read. They didn't make a movie out of it, so the next best thing is a comic. You know, they should make a movie out of this, though. That's, you know, I was thinking that the other day. I think they should adapt these Star Wars EU stuff. But you know what they're going to do? They would do an animated thing. And yeah, I'm sure they would do animated to save money. And that's just not the same. I want, I want the same budget as The Force Awakens and all those other movies for these comics. Yeah, we wouldn't get that. And- uh, Heir to the Empire was originally written by Timothy Zahn, but the comic was, if I can find it, <laughs> written by Mike Barron and yeah, published by Dark Horse. It was a mm-hmm. six-issue miniseries. For those that don't know, Heir of the Empire is kind of like their continuation of the story. It's like one of the big stories that came out for the extended universe. That Was the, was it one of the first stories that kind of continued Star Wars? It was the first. It was the okay. first novel. There was... Return of the Jedi in 1983, and then there was the only real Star Wars, new Star Wars content in the 80s was the role-playing game, which Timothy Zahn wrote for. Um, and then in the 90s, they wanted to revive it, so Timothy Zahn wrote this book, and it was a New York Times bestseller book, very surprisingly. But it was the first kind of expanded universe novel for at least, you know, probably 10 years or so. Maybe a little bit less than 10 years, but there was a long period. It was the end of the Dark Ages, I, I guess you could say. <laughs> A lot of and people it was kind a big, of put it that way. Yeah, it was a big hit. It was three books, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and Last Command was the trilogy. Continuing I have read none of the actual books, but I did listen to the audiobook of the first one like six years ago. Or no, more than that now, like seven years ago. I don't remember right. any of it, but <laughs> I, I listened to it, and I also found that I can't listen to books, and at least at that time when I was walking up and down stairs in the middle of freaking like 10 below weather. Remember stuff very well, apparently. That was <laughs> Understandable. I would walk around and pick up garbage and, and I was listening to this book on my headphones. I'll try to make sure someone didn't try to rob me. So, well, that's important. And make sure, and make sure I didn't freeze to death too. That was, you know, interesting. The life and death scenario right here. It was fucking cold that winter too. I was an outdoor maintenance guy. My job was to drive around a pickup truck and suck up garbage. And then sometimes it was I would park my truck, get dropped off, and go and clean up cigarette butts in places. And then get back in my truck frozen. Please. Yeah, don't miss it one bit. No, you shouldn't. I remember thinking to myself, I know how Luke felt in Hoth now as I'm walking around in the cold with my overalls on and my two jackets and trying to not to freeze to death. Like, I understand. You didn't want your taunt on to freeze before it reached the first marker? No, I did not. <laughs> It was a shitty job, but enough of that. That's where my only association of this book was until this past week. You forget when we were doing when we were recording Star Wars Dark Empire comics. That was when I got turned on to this comic. I found out it even existed that somebody took the book and they made a comic adaptation, and I've been excited right. to read it ever since. Right? Yeah, and I had never. Um, I, I had it. I owned it, but I hadn't really read it. The comic adaptation. I read the book so long ago. So um, twenty years. Been about 20 years at least um <laughs> but i i did have the the tri- trilogy and trade paperback form that i was able to get from the bookstore that i work at um so i had it and i was excited to finally get into it for the first time for this podcast 
with like a little bit of memory I had of what was coming and what the story was, it was very cool to see it drawn instead of reading it or hearing right, it yeah. in my ear. And we Dark Empire took place more years than this one, correct? Like more uh, I believe. Years. Well, I believe in the Dark Empire took place right after this, technically, because. I think it mentions in the opening, there's like an opening text of Dark Empire that says, you know, Thrawn had just died. Mm. Spoilers. Spoiler. I know. But, or he'd been defeated. Maybe. I look at the bright side. None of this is canon anymore. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) There is some history with that. I believe there were Dark Empire and Heir to the Empire, the book, uh, went into production around the same time. So they had to change uh, some things around to make it. No, there's some discontinuity issues with that, but that's a whole other podcast. I think you can listen to the Dark Empire episode and I talk about that. But so this place, this takes place five years after an opening text, five years after the destruction of the second Death Star. So five years after Return of the Jedi, this takes place. Which I like seeing this, like I like seeing the way that Luke and all of them are at this time because I didn't get that in my movies and I will always be upset about that. But right. The way that this comic starts off, I think, is also interesting. Of course, you have your normal, you know, here's your bunch of text to the read to, you know, what's all going on. Five years after the destruction of the second Death Star, the right. Rebel Alliance has driven the remnants of the old Imperial Starfleet to a distant corner of the galaxy. That's all I'm going to read. But, you know, you have the same thing, all this, and especially in that voice. But the first scene you get is a Star Destroyer, and you get some people talking, and someone gets mad at them, and you also are introduced to a character who is in, who's obviously in charge of the ship. And you, you also see he has certain guards that aren't stormtroopers. They're like some different race that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, I may be pronouncing it wrong, but Nogri, something like Nogri. Okay. And, I, and I think that's interesting. And just the way that you're introduced to this blue character with red eyes as an alien race that I don't think you ever saw before either. No. I correctly. I believe, I don't know if they mentioned it in this book, but he was a Chiss. Uh, C-H-I-S-S. Okay. I don't think they do. Yeah, but that's that's what he that's what his race was. But uh, you know, if you're coming the first time, you're like, who is this guy? Blue eye, blue skin, red eyes. They'd never showed this before. Yeah, and you just you just see him commanding a star destroyer and they and they're fighting some rebels, and I think they take out the rebels too, if I'm if I'm looking at this correctly, they wipe yeah. out the people they're fighting. He uses tactics. He he knows that uh, what is it? You know, he's very smart. You can tell um he's you know, he knows that there is an alum, the an, uh, an alien called an alum commanding the force, and they cannot handle the unstructured attack of a of a Marg Savile. So what that means, I guess, is that he's a very smart technician who defeats this this force. And we've never seen that in Star Wars before. All the Imperials are pretty much incompetent. <laughs> but this guy is like this guy is an Imperial who defeated the rebels and he knows what he's doing. And he sounds very smart. What is his deal? And is, do they it? mention that he's a grand? Yeah, they mention he's also a grand admiral, which I don't right. think do we were we introduced to grand admirals during the original trilogy. I think there were admirals, but I think the there were grand moths, but the grand admiral was not you know part of the movies at least. Okay, new creation. And then it then it jumps, and then it shows Luke on Coruscant, which is I think cool to see. The, you know, because at this point the rebels have taken over Coruscant mostly, right. and you see him looking at a ghost Obi Wan just kind of trying to reflect on everything that's happened and what he's supposed to be doing with his life. And the art, mm-hmm. I think, is good. Like, I know we when we covered Dark Empire, it was a very stylized. I like this art for everyone's faces, I felt, was much easier for me on my eyes. Yeah, it's a much more standard comic. It's not it's not artsy. It's like, you know, it tries to be comic-y. So. Oh, and it, it introduces you to Han and, and Chewbacca, who are at some bar trying to trick someone to help them do something. <laughs> I don't even remember what they're up to exactly. To Tix, they they mention the name Talon Card, who is another oh, smuggler, yeah. but uh, he doesn't come into play right away. No, uh, and Han, then you, yeah, you also get a scene of Talon Card, the guy they're looking for, talking to someone named Mara Jade, which means a lot to me, only because I know extended universe at this time, but meant nothing to would mean nothing to you as a reader because it's just some it's just some woman with the smuggler, and it just kind of the comic just jumps back and forth to a couple, just showing you different characters that are that are around. Right. Yeah. And you're introduced to them, and you know the talent card is working with. He talks to Captain Pelion or Admiral Thrawn's like number two guy. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you know this guy is kind of like Lando is in the Empire. Is he like he's going to be a traitor? You think? Because they, I think they come down. Oh yeah, because they 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 were meeting with him to trade, which it doesn't really go into here yet. I think in the book it mentioned what they were trading already. Well, they want. You know, 
Yeah, I don't know how to say it. It's one of those hard words, isomari or something. But they do don't know why yet, why they want it. No, you they just want something. And the next thing you see is them landing at some abandoned temple and they're looking for somebody of a Jedi. And right. they have like, these little yellow creatures on their shoulders that their whole point is that these things, I guess, push back the force. Yeah, that's the isomari. Okay, and that's what they do. They, there's this old Jedi master they're looking for who's hiding out on this planet. Yet they then they then want to get him to join them. I remember there's a lot more to him that's not mentioned in this first series. Yeah, there he's definitely going to play a bigger part. Um, he is an old Jedi master um, who's, who's kind of gone crazy. But um, you <laughs> know, spoilers to the future. I believe he's a he's a clone of yep. um, this guy who went who went crazy. And they I think they mentioned it. Because his name here is spelled with two U, Joris, Joris Sabah. And then some people refer to him with one U. So it was Joris with two U's and Joris with one U. And it's kind of a subtle hint that this guy is like the second version of this old Jedi master. Okay. Like he takes them to the mountain where they want to go. And I like there's this one line. Like right. I see all these all these dead people, you know, all these candles. He's like, yeah, I killed them. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it, yeah. so I'm going to kill you. And this is when he finds out that the animals that they have on them reflect the force. So therefore you can't hurt them with the force. That's a great image when he's kind of lightening them and there's just a big bubble around them and <laughs> Thrawn just standing there like, Oh, is that the best you've got? <laughs> and then he joins them because they promise him that if he comes with them, there are two different Jedi's Darth Vader's kids that he will then abduct for him. So he will have his own Jedi to train and manipulate, mm-hmm. which is his whole like story, what he's up to. Right. His whole purpose, I guess. I mean, whole motivation. And then you I do like seeing like you see Admiral Akbar, but now he's not Admiral. But you see like all the, you know, the rebels, you know, the government that they're forming. You see them together and Leia being part of that. And I think they're they're being sent to some planet to meet with the government is what it was. Balsamy or something. Yeah. They uh, a little strange. Yeah. It's kind of like just some political stuff. People talk about the prequels having political stuff, but these books had a lot of political things in them, too. Which fits. I mean, if you were this era after a government is overthrown, you're going to have political stuff happen. Right. Yeah, it does fit. Yeah. I mean, it fits. It fits a little bit in the prequels, too, of course. But this is there's kind of like a lot of setup. There's a Bothan guy. Uh, what's his name? Borsk Fela, who's like the he's like one of the lead Republic members, New Republic guys. And he's doing his machinations in there. And he plays a much bigger part, I believe, in the later book. OK, but he doesn't play a huge part in this first one. And you see Jet, you see Luke, Leia, Han, they all go to this planet, C-3PO, and then I think they get, somebody kind of wants them to divert, like, oh, why don't you go look at the marketplace? So Luke isn't with them, and then as they're walking through the marketplace, Leia and Han get attacked by these, where the hell were they called again? Nogri. Nogri, which, they look like big, they look like orcs to me, is the best way for me to put it. That's kinda how like, I always envision uh, them. Or kind of like gorillas, kind of like. Yeah, gorilla kinda, orcs. Kind of uh, made to look like a, some kind of barbarian creature. I hope I'm not pronouncing them wrong, but yeah. I've never listened to the audiobook where they say the actual pronunciation. I, I did a long time ago, and I can't remember it. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, so it's, as Admiral Ackbar would say, it's a trap. You know, these are <laughs> try and are a trap. And then it brings it's, you to issue two, which is where you see Luke getting confronted by them also. Right. And I always love Luke in the black outfit with the cape. I'm always such a big fan of that Luke. Never turn oh, yes. Jedi Luke. I remember you saying that very well. I will say it all the time. Every time it comes. <laughs> and I like seeing him fighting them because, you know, he's he's using different tactics. He's trying to burn these tapestries and, you know, grab them with the tapestries. And they start lighting the tapestries on fire or no gluing them in place because they're trying to capture him. And then there's a really cool panel where he throws his lightsaber and he takes out eight guys in one little <laughs> with a, like one lightsaber. Throw. I'm like, OK, now that's the Luke I want to see in the damn movies. And, you know, you see blood i don't even know if disney comics today would show blood it's very i feel like if you got hit by a lightsaber there might not be that much blood because it would cauterize the wound that is true however you definitely <laughs> see you definitely see blood here yeah when you get cut open it would just you know you would be cut in half but it would burn right. everything so you wouldn't bleed it would you know but you're cut in half it wouldn't matter so you'd be dead anyway so yeah but it's really cool to see and it's cool to see luke being you know vicious when he has to right be. Is, you know, everybody, they're in danger. So he's helping his friends by, you know, slicing open this multiple people, probably a dozen people, at least in these in these images. And you have Han Solo being Han Solo, where like they're getting attacked by these the Nagri. 
he ends up taking a big box of jewels and dumping it on the ground. All these people start rushing them and try to steal the jewels to make a diversion for them to escape. That's a very, I don't know, that's, that is Han Solo. It's also very Indiana Jonesy. You yes. know? That's, <laughs> that's something he would definitely do. And you have Luke using the glue gun to, like, whip around and take out more people with the lightsaber. Right. <laughs> he's, he's pretty badass in these few panels. Which is nice to see, because that's how he would be in this era. Right, yeah. Because he's a, a Jedi Knight, and he's been training. He's the only Jedi Knight. Like, he, right. you know, we never really get to see him be him in the movies because he wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the, when we get him back in the movie, he's drinking milk. So, you know, we don't get the Luke I wanted. But Oh, boy. Let's not go there. <laughs> I will someday, but not right now. And then you see them board the Millennium Falcon. And then, it, you know, they realize it's a trap and they leave. You know, they're not supposed to leave. They're still supposed to meet the government. But they're like, fuck this. We're out of here because they're trying to capture Leia. So Hansel's like, I don't give I don't care what the government wants. I'm going to take care of you because she's right. pregnant right now with the twins. Right. Yes. OK. I think well, they she, learned that at some point. Maybe yeah, they mentioned it because she in Dark Empire, she they were already born, weren't they? The twins, right? Yeah. Okay, so I vaguely remember. And, and was... then it jumps back to uh, Grand Emperor Thrawn, and I like when you see him because in like in this one panel, you see him. He's talking to the Jedi Master. He has three of those little Yasmari just in the room with him on branches. <laughs> he doesn't want anything to go wrong. He is a really good character, though. Like, yeah, he you know he's smart and he's thoughtful and. He knows what he's doing, and he's often wins. You know, it's a it's a capable villain, kind of like yes. Vader was. You know, a lot he's, of the- he's very intelligent in this. Like when you see him planning these different attacks that he's doing, and what he's up to. Like I forget what exactly he's up to in the beginning, but he's trying to attack different rebels to set them up because they need he's, ships for the military. Yeah, and he wants to get to Palpatine's storehouse and they don't really talk, they mention it kind of he's like a has a warehouse and it's called mount tantus but they don't they never really get to it in, the, in this book but he wants something that's on like palpatine's archives or whatever okay i don't um, think he meant yeah you're right they didn't mention it much in this or at all but it's it may, it may mention it more in the book but they do mention mount tantus at the beginning like and they say we want to get to the emperor's storehouse or something and that's um, what he's a jedi for yeah that's part of it i i wish i remembered exactly when i read the next books i'll, I'll know exactly but um there's something that he wants there. Okay. And he's always moving, you know, he's like a chess master. That's how you can describe it. He's always like three steps ahead. And he knows what the rebels are going to do. And he knows what they're, he knows how they'll respond to his attacks and stuff. And so I think that's one of the reasons he has appeal is because, you know, he's, he's so calculating. He knows, he knows his enemy. He's like Sun Tzu, you know, the art of war. <laughs> he's, he's very intelligent. And I mean, also, he's a character that now is canon again in the Disney stuff. Well, they 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 knew he was popular. He was probably the most popular EU character, and so if they said he never existed, people would people would be up in arms, so to speak. He's in the Rebels, uh, Rebel show, mm-hmm. in the second half of it, which is worth watching someday, as I said before. <laughs> and then you you do get to see another scene that I'm very a fan of, where you see Luke trying to train Leia with a little a little whatever they're called, a little training droid remote, thing. Remote, yeah. I like seeing that. I like seeing her training, and then he gets sent to Dagobah for some reason. I forget what exactly happened. He gets, does he get a mess? He gets a message from the Dark Jedi, right, or this Jedi Master? It was and he, he well, he hears the name Dagobah, and he knows that the Dark De- the some Jedi had trouble with Dark Jedi during the Clone Wars and chased them as far as Dagobah. Okay, so it kind of gives him an idea of well, I better go to Dagobah to find out. It's not clear. I guess it's not really clear why exactly. Maybe the book explains it for it, but he's like, I better go to Dagobah and see if I could pick up the trail of these dark Jedi. And they okay. mentioned the Clone Wars, which at this time, no one really knew what those were about. That's because the movies hadn't come out yet. Lucas hadn't no, wrote it. Lucas did not wrote it. So it's very, it, it's very yeah, kind of bare bones about what they're about. But yeah, they do that's, mention Because that's the one thing they weren't allowed to mention, right? They had to stay right. away from that. Yeah. I mean, they he mentioned it, but they couldn't like say what about what happened in what time or whatever. It's really too bad. He didn't let people just make the Clone Wars for him. You know, well, just stay away from it. <laughs> that's, that's a whole, yeah, it's a I whole nother topic. <laughs> and then you see Han and Leia, which this part kind of makes me laugh. They go back to this planet, the fash that apparently was bombed by the empire and they land in what looks like an obvious trap, like in a crater and they get attacked and a fake millennium Falcon shows up. Mm-hmm. It's the same type of ship. Yeah. And he and he like because it was the whole idea was to trap them to get them to run into the wrong ship. And he's like, wait a second, that doesn't look right. Like it doesn't have the guns or doesn't have this or something that's missing. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, it's a lot of trouble to go through to catch these people. It's 
it's a unique thing. I'm surprised they haven't tried it before or ever since. Like it's like these ships theoretically they're mass produced. So yeah. and all because it doesn't have the undersized blasters, and that's what got his attention. Right. <laughs> so basically, Han just tears it up with a lightsaber, which is kind of silly, but well, you don't see him use a lightsaber very often. So it was, no. it was cool to see him just. And apparently, again, it shows you how powerful lightsabers is. Apparently, you just hold it underneath the ship and run, and you blow up the entire ship. <laughs> I guess it worked. Yeah, and then for and then they end up going they because he I guess they want him to come back with Leia to go back to that planet or something of that nature, but he won't go there, so he's end up going to go meet with Lando now, right? Because they need a code breaker to help disguise her so people can't find Leia, mm-hmm. and then it jumps back to Luke on Dagobah, which is nice to see. And they do make a they make some comment on here or something about you know Yoda training Vader, which that never happened. But I do like when Vader when Luke is kind of hallucinating, you know, in the cave, and he sees you know the Charlotte Pit, and then he sees Mara Jade catch the lightsaber instead, which again yeah. means nothing to him or anybody. It's a good it's a good dream, kind of like the the you know the cave. It's like the Darth Vader him fighting Darth Vader and yeah. the Empire Strikes Back. Because one of the ideas that they'll mention later in this comic is that Merritt Jade was at Je- at the at the at Jedi Jabba's palace. Right. Yeah. She was there, but she survived. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she wasn't in the movie because she didn't exist yet, but she was there. Promise me, yeah, she was there. Just trust me. And <laughs> so then Luke leaves, and you see, which this was I thought interesting when you have Han and Leia show up to what Lando's doing now, and Lando has like a giant. How would you describe that? <laughs> it's like a solar ship. To block it's like a stuff. giant. It's a, it's a giant umbrella, basically, <laughs> or parasol. Like, what is he even doing with it? Like, I didn't really get this. Like, is he mining planets that are too close to the sun or something? They didn't explain it in this book. It, I I used to have. I used to know more about it. I think there was the essential guide to vehicles, and they talked about it. Okay, but it's something to do with. It's a mining thing of some kind. It's like Lando's new venture that he's trying out. But it has something to do with the sun, I believe. It's a solar ship, but I don't remember much more than that. Okay, because I, I know he's. They talk about it. Wikipedia, yeah. Protecting them from the sun, and you see these mole miners, which are these little ships that are bringing holes into a planet or an asteroid or something to mine. And I guess he found it in Cloud City or something. Found these plans, so or something. Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's Star Wars for you sometimes. <laughs> and then it brings you to issue three, which as they're which again, this is something where it doesn't really make sense at the time as it's happening. Yeah. Where Luke shows up, and then you have the Imperials. Admiral Thrawn is attacking Lando and his and what he and his opera his mining operation, and he doesn't understand what's happening. But what they're all up to is they're trying to steal mole miners. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And there's one scene I like in here that I want to bring up is that you actually see cloud cars driving around this building that Lando has. That's right. That made me happy because I'm always a big fan of cloud cars. They are fun vehicles, and you don't really see them too often. But it's like I guess Orlando's final signature. Yeah, and it looks like they do another like you know showing Thrawn being Thrawn, where he uses a freighter as a trap to catch Luke or something. Yeah. So it, I it, think I just want to point out the one beautiful image of him, you know, stroking the the little Yasumari creature like he's a <laughs> Blofeld and James Bond. Yeah. So, that must have been intentional. Oh, you know it is. You know it was a reference to that. But like, right. yeah, he puts a freighter in front of him so that way he has to he has to come out of light speed. I think it was, and then they put a tractor beam on him because they're trying to catch Luke for the dark the Jedi guy that they have with them. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I like this when he's in the he's in the tractor beam and he launches like photon tor- not fo- is it photon torpedoes? No, oh, proton. Sorry, photon is Star Trek. Proton of this universe, yeah. He launches protons into, like, the tractor beam in order to break him free, but it also, like, fucks up his X-Wing, which they know about. The guy's like, yeah, right. he, he got out of the tractor beam, but his, his X-Wing is damaged now. Yeah. And, and then we have a good... Thrawn be a badass where he has somebody get their head cut off for not admitting their mistake. Now, there's blood. That's definitely graphic violence. That... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I like what he says. Anyone can make an air ensign, but that air doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. <laughs> So he's doing a little bit, a little bit of the Vader stuff there. Yeah, and after he cuts off the guys that he said the air has now been corrected, <laughs> he killed him for it. That's again, that's a that's a, a Vader witticism right there. Yeah, which is, I mean, this kind of was a replacement for Vader in a way, but he's a more intelligent Vader. Yeah, he's not as he doesn't he has like goals and allies and stuff, and he kind of has you kind of see him more of a human, even though he's not human. 
you kind of see him more as human, whereas Darth Vader is in the first you first see him, you think of him as kind of like a force of evil. Yeah, more robotic. More robotic, yeah. He's a man in a suit versus this being just a guy in a military outfit. You know, he's nowhere near what Vader is. Right, yeah. And it's cool seeing Luke trying to fix his X-Wing out in space. He has his helmet on, he has a cord, even though it's not, I don't think that would work, but, you know, it's Star Wars. But it's it's cool yeah. to see him trying to fix it. And then he also jumps to where Leia was then, because they switched ships, and they put Leia and Chewbacca on Lando's ship while Lando and Han went in the Millennium Falcon, so that way they can't track. Because they, they realize somebody in the rebel government or the New Republic, you know, is keeping, is a traitor. So, and then they go to Kashyyyk, or Kashyyyk. Uh, Kashyyyk, I, I believe. I always like seeing Kashyyyk. I've always been a big fan of the Wookiee planet. Oh, yeah. Not since the holiday special have we seen it in all of its glory. You know, they weren't celebrating Life Day, at least in this comic, so it's okay. Yeah, no, it's it's great. The first image of them appearing is really cool. It's like these huge trees, and it's gorgeous. And, you know, they land and talk to the Wookiees, and there's a Wookiee speaking, you know, English. And Leia turns to Chewie and says, let me guess, you've had a speech impediment all these years. And then the Wookiee who's speaking English says, it's I who have the speech impediment. Come, <laughs> um, let me show you the preparations. So, you know, it's kind of kind of neat. Like, oh, this, you know, everybody, all the Wookiees are talking normally, but this one is speaking English. And it's basically so the reader can understand it. But yeah, it's a nice little touch. It, it's And you also see, like, that the, that the Nagri are on the planet hunting her also. Like, you kind of see one of them. Right. And then it jumps back to to Luke where he's stranded and some random like freighter ship finds him and uses some kind of weird tractor beam thing to pull him in a cylinder. They call it what the hell do they call it? A, cylinder. a four cylinder. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> it's just a tractor beam Well, they then bring him on this ship and then they take away his weapons and well, they, 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 they shock him. No, they shock him in the back. Is what they do. <laughs> and this is where you see Mara Jade again. Right. The same girl he saw in his dreams. And you're introduced mm-hmm. to, God, what is that guy's name again? Oh, yeah, Talon Karad, Karade, which is in the first issue, which is the guy that Han Solo is trying to to meet up with. Yeah, smuggler, kind of like a Han yeah. Solo with a little bit of an edge to him. See, I remembered bits and pieces of this. Like, as I got to the, the, the fourth issue, where you kind of see where Luke wakes up and now he's a prisoner, and, and Mary Jade's holding a gun at him, and they're on, like, this jungle camp. I vaguely remembered bits and pieces of this from the the audio novel. Yeah. But not very well. <laughs> Understandable. I think it starts, to, I mean, it does start to slow down a little bit here, I would say, in terms of story, because there's a lot of action in the first couple issues, and then now it's kind of like, it's a little bit slower pace when you introduce the characters and stuff, if you ask me. Well, just set up, like showing him, you know, he tries to use his force power, and then he learns that he can't because of the Asamari who live on this planet, you know, reject the force, so he can't do anything with it. And they took away his weapon so he can't fight. Right. Mm-hmm. They do a good job of showing that. And, you know, in, in very few pages, you know, introducing your very few panels, introducing you to that. And then it, it shows you Han and Le- Han and Lando are at some other planet trying to meet with. Oh, no, they're they're the same. They're at the same planet, aren't they? Yeah, they're trying to go get a contact to meet with Talon, whatever his name is. I think it's Card. I think it just pronounced Card. card it's cool to see. Like, there's... <laughs> Yeah, I like, like the art. Han be hot. Like he's playing cards with people at one point and, you know. Yeah, he kind of like, him. so they set him up. So the, the deliberate choice to like kind of play the hits, like he's a smuggler and he's a gambler, card player, um, kind of ruffian, typical Han solo stuff. So <laughs> if when they were doing this book, you know, they wanted to show you that he kind of hasn't changed his ways or he kind of can go back, slip back into the old ways. You know, there's kind of, yeah, it's fun. This is, the casino that they set up is really cool. It's like a casino on the water that looks very, you know, architecturally awesome. Yeah, it does. I wonder if they have a arena where these weird little monsters, you know, animals run around, look like camels. And then some kid <laughs> is going to look up the sky and know he can be a Jedi one day, too. <laughs> I wonder Probably what not. you could be referring to. <laughs> and we always make jokes. But and then. I like when you have them like because they're because Talon Cred knows or Talon whatever his name is he knows he's they're coming I can't pronounce his name for some reason and they right. take Luke and they throw Luke in a in like a little like warehouse and lock him up yeah <laughs> and she shoots the door I like that <laughs> I like Mary Jade in this yeah Mary Jade's good and Luke of course gets out using his this was hand. cool where he's trying to find a, a power source and nothing will work everything is damaged he's like oh I have a power source in my hand from in his fake in his 
robotic hand. So he uses that because this takes place. Oh yeah, it takes place after Return of Jedi. So he's able to just plug it in and opens the door that way. Yeah, it's a really it, neat it was, point. It was cool to see, and then you then you kind of see Lando and Han talking with Talon, like you know, they're because they're trying to. I think they're trying to get him to help the New Republic. I think it was, or they oh they needed a master splicer. That's what it was. Yeah, and they have the Falcon hidden out there covered up because again he's working with the you know he's working with multiple people because at the same time the imperials show up and he's like ah you know like okay you know we should hide han solo and them and you know make sure they don't realize luke is here and you know they see that and then you see luke escape and steal a ship and mary j chases after him which i did remember that vaguely in in the book from the book yeah it's a nice you know when they when they land he has some nice little banter between the two of them it's Um, it's good seeing them like you know he crashes the ship you know, I think she crashes too going after him. And then you have Admiral Thrawn landing. And I like how you see right away he doesn't trust anybody. And yeah. Han Solo, like, okay, like, what's going Why is this guy that we're trying to work with working with the Imperials also? Kind of like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I think he, I think Luke goes to rescue Mary Jade from the fallen ship. And that's when she pulls a gun on him. <laughs> well, he's ever the hero. Yeah. But yeah. She... Well, he, he knew it was his future wife. Spoilers. It's like way later, though, because it's not even in this that she because I, I remember in Dark Empire, they weren't together yet. She I don't even think she was in Dark Empire. She's not. Yeah. But they weren't married, I don't think yet. Yeah, they weren't. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother whole other thing. They don't even so they apparently Han and you know Lando and then don't even know Grand Admiral Thrawn's name. You know, they, they want to pay for it to learn who he is. But, you know, Talon Carr doesn't will give them that right away. It's not for sale or something like that. It's not for says. sale, yeah. Or not yet. It's just funny seeing, because issue five starts with Luke being, you know, up at gunpoint. <laughs> you know, because he just keeps getting captured in this. <laughs> yeah, they, they, a lot of stuff, you know, is happening to him in this in these books, you know. Yeah. There's not a lot that he personally, I mean, he goes off of these adventures, but he keeps getting captured, you're right. You know, and seeing it now, that's like, this is the third time so far in this book. He's been captured second or third. He's not doing super good in, in this comic. <laughs> He's a little behind. He's a little behind the times. But um, there's a good scene again where these creatures, uh, what are they called again? Yasumari. The, so when him and Marjade are in the, you know, camping at night and just sitting around and uh, the Vork, Vorksingers. Oh, yeah. Like, they look like little dra- like little dragons, maybe. And that's not a good yeah. way to put it. Or very, very big, vicious dogs. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah, they're like dragon hounds. That's my name for them now. <laughs> dragon hounds. I'm stealing that trademark. I did like that. It was yeah, cool like seeing a... them, and he saves her at one point. Or she keeps blasting them. He's like, if you just give me my lightsaber, she's like, I don't trust you, so I'll just keep shooting them away from you. Yeah. They're very, it's a very well done scene. And you and get the at, sense that, yeah, you get the yeah. sense that they're fighting, but, you know, you know, she needs to kill him. She wants to kill him, but maybe there's a hint of, the hint of romance in there, maybe. And I, I do like when Han and them figure out where the prisoner was because they find the warehouse and they're like, hey, look at this. And they put two and two together and figure out that there was a droid here, an astromech. And there was a you know guy here that this power source came from a hand. Like they figure out it was Luke was there. Yeah. And you see Admiral Thrawn already kind of putting two and two together that Skywalker was there and he doesn't trust them. Right. Yeah. Because you don't trust anybody, really. <laughs> Why would you? So it, it's it's cool to see, and you have Talon Talon Craig kind of coming to the conclusion that he's going to have to leave this planet. You know, he's been here for a while because he knows Admiral Thrawn's not going to let this go. He's not going to not pick up on this. And at the same time, and then it skips or it jumps back to seeing Leia on Kashi being attacked by the Nagri, and you get to see her kind of kick ass with her lightsaber and cut people up. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and and I like how they just have her running around in a bra and panties pretty much, too. They drew her like that. Like, I thought that was amusing, too, which makes sense. I mean, she was sleeping, but they make her a badass. Like, she's just taking out people and escaping the, you know, escaping the Nagari and fighting with a few different Wookiees and stuff. It was, it was, it's cool to see. And, like, you get to kind of see how she's also, you know, it's creative. Like, there's one point there's a, a, sh- a ship going underneath them. They're on top of, they're on this, like, little bridge. And she ties her lightsaber up to a rope and then drops it down and cuts up their ship in half. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's badass right there. And they capture one of Nagri. The Wookiees have captured them. I like this, where he's like, you're the daughter of Vader. And yeah, all he does kind of find out. Hmm? All he does is like sniff her hand and he, Nagri knows. 
Okay, I didn't catch that, but I see. And this is where they they kind of learned that the Nagri were like a a race that worshipped Palpatine and Vader because he saved them or something. And they're going to show her because she's Lady Vader. What some I forget what it is. They're going to take her somewhere to show her something. Yeah, they they don't really say. Not in this book. No. I think this is the end of her story in this because she ends up because she because she maybe she's in the next issue. But I know she's leaving to go to where the Nagri want to take her. Yeah. And this is then where you have Luke and Mara Jade are still in the woods. And there's a part where she gets attacked mm-hmm. by one of the dragon hounds. We're going to call him now. And Luke ends up getting his lightsaber back and ends up cutting the thing up. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't get this. Like he, she points the points, the gun, the blaster at him. He just gives her back the lightsaber. He could deflect it at that point. Unless he's too close. Yeah. Maybe he senses that. Uh, maybe he senses there's not, she's not an entirely evil person. I don't know. <laughs> And then they don't you, have you, they don't have the relationship right now that shows that they're mortal enemies. Maybe they think they are mortal enemies, but they're. Well, she blames him for things that she kind of mentioned, like I have to kill you. I don't think she, she doesn't. I don't think she says why yet. Yeah, no, she tells him why. Well, you destroyed the emperor. She was the emperor's hand. You know, the the kind of the doer, the person that when he tells you to go somewhere, you do it. Like your hitman, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I remember her in the movies. Do you? <laughs> She's a. Not uh, not for the movies. No, I don't. <laughs> She's also not canon yet either. Again. Yeah, that's true. They haven't brought her back yet. I wonder if that will change. I hope so. I'd like to see her back in the actual canon. I'm I'm hoping that she'll be in one of the other shows that are coming out, like Ahsoka or one of those shows. I'm hoping. Well, they yeah. If they brought Thrawn back, you know, they might as well bring her back too. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see what happens in the coming. We'll years. see. And then you then it cuts back to Admiral Thrawn talking about how he's getting he because I think throughout this entire miniseries or this first, you know, these six issues, he's talking about how you have to go to a certain planet or the certain area, this uh, sluice van or something like that. Yeah, sluice van. I don't quite know why, but he needs to get there because he's going to mount an attack on the shipyards, something like that. Yeah, they don't really talk about it a whole lot yet. No. And then the way the sixth issue starts is it kind of shows you where. Luke and Mara J know they have to kind of work together because they have to. They were told by Talon Creed that the city they're heading to, Admiral Thrawn already has stormtroopers waiting for them. So they like kind of talk, they they want to change up. He's like, okay, we should change our dynamic. They're looking for a you know male prisoner. So it's like, okay, you know, and I like how he takes the lightsaber and puts it back in R two D two, and she's like, oh, so that's how you got it in the Java style. Yeah, that's nice. Because <laughs> she was there. That's very nice. Uh, it it did amuse me how she takes this like random weed she finds or weed that she knew about and rubs it on his arms so he looks all infected yeah so they won't recognize him <laughs> it's it's funny because i just i just watched a tv i was watching a tv show called future man and they do something very similar to the fool people is that they they kind of disfigure someone's face to fool like facial recognition scanners i mean and it w- works here yeah it does because when the imperials show up even you have someone who's like an officer he's like oh okay you're a bounty hunter all right sounds good like they don't even question like hmm, you look really familiar you know half your face looks like the guy that threw vader and killed vader in public <laughs> maybe you know they yeah, don't even well, catch that but there's no wanted poster hung up of luke skywalker <laughs> yeah but you think the entire government of the empire would know this guy is number one he killed everybody <laughs> Yeah, he he basically killed the president and the president's, you know, number one, the president and the vice president. You figured they know about that. Not to mention he blew up our our, <laughs> our base twice. So he killed the president, the vice president, blew up the White House. Um, <laughs> and he was also the son of Hitler or whatever. So, <laughs> but we don't know what he looks like. We've never seen him before. Uh, it's and- weird how Star Wars works sometimes. You, you never know quite how the mass media works, you know. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> It's, it's a fantasy, I guess. Well, also the whole idea that, you know, if people aren't expecting something to be there, it won't be there for them. Right. That's true. And that, that is a true thing. I mean, I've seen that in real life where people don't realize, like, oh, you know, won't realize somebody's somebody until they're, unless they're expecting it. Right. I guess that's true. So that's how I take this part. Yeah. And then you sh- then it shows uh, Han Solo is brought into as a prisoner in quotations into uh, this town. When it's really just Talon Creed, you know, setting up the Imperials because they know they need to work together to get rid of these Imperials. So then he can leave. Yeah. And this this is a cool thing where he's a whole trap where the, you know, Talon Creed, Lando and all his men are kind of waiting to ambush the Imperials. And Luke tells them to wait until they're on the bridge and they get all mad at him thinking he's an idiot. 
And apparently there's no uh, Yasumari in town because he uses his force powers. Or no, yeah. does he use force? No, he uses the lightsaber. Never mind. Well, he does kind of like throw it about like, like a boomerang. Yeah, that yeah. is a force throw then. Has to be. <laughs> they must not have any of the creatures. Uh... Which makes sense. You wouldn't have them in town. Yeah. They're all on the outskirts. And this is when they end up, you know, Talon, they, you know, they kind of team up with, well, Talon Creed has to leave the planet. They get in the Millennium Falcon to head towards. So they head towards the, they, I think they find out about the space yard, right? Or about the attack that's coming. Yeah. So they want, they're going to the Slewis Van shipyards. Yeah. So they're towing his X-Wing and they're like, let's get it. Let's get it fixed up. We got to go there. I think this was a, this was a big scene in the book. I'm assuming yeah. it's like a couple chapters. This is like the climax. Okay, because they, no. they go to the shipyard and Admiral Thrawn shows up and there's all a bunch of X-Wings there and fighters and everyone's attacking each other. And this is where you find out that the mole miners he stole earlier, he's using the mole miners to attack the carriers that the rebels have and board them and take out and take the ships over. Yeah, they need the ships. And that's what the point was. Which Space. I vaguely remember this from the audiobook all those yeah. years years ago vaguely remember this part like it was when i got I'm like oh, okay this is a little familiar and you get to see space troopers space troopers they don't really they never go back to them i think this is their one and only appearance they're just stormtroopers in zero gravity armor that come out of like little things yeah. that get blown up every <laughs> star wars has like a new brand of, of stormtrooper and they're con- continually operating or continually improving and updating those and these are the these are the ones from this book but they kind of just blow them up with lasers they're not yeah. very efficient. No, they're, they're kind of useless. And this is also when they realize that Lando still has remote control access to the mole miners, and they just make them just burn through all the ships so that the Imperials can't take the ships that they took over. <laughs> and I think they, yeah, he even says we haven't been defeated. We've just been slowed down. I think they, they did seal some ships, I think, still. just not as many as they were trying to. Yeah, they, so it was a, you know, they lost the battle, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, Thrawn has them withdraw. We haven't been defeated, he says, merely slowed down. As long as we have Mount Tantus, our ultimate victory is assured. Yeah, um, and they don't mention what Mount Tantus is in this miniseries or this book. Yeah, but um, I think it I think it comes into play later. Yeah, I'm not quite certain. And this, yeah, and so, oh, they also find out that Admiral Akbar was arrested. Yes, and that they're setting that up a little bit, I guess, because the political stuff going on in Coruscant, but we don't quite know why, and that'll have to be continued in the next book. Which I have never read or listened to the audio, so I'm actually very excited to It'll be see good. the second. I actually, when I had gotten these, I got all three, put them on my phone, but I never got around to finishing them. Oh, really? I just I listened to the first one. I listened to part of the second one, and I just stopped. I don't know why. Very nice. Well, then we'll have you know. Then you, you're. It's all going to be new to you then. Mm-hmm. And so oh, I'm very excited. I was really mostly new to me. <laughs> the twenty twenty one years, twenty two years, you know. And then the the very last line is how they talk about this could lead to a civil war. Yeah. And then that ends the first miniseries in the first book. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, something's coming. It's like a little bit. It ends in a cliffhanger. So. I also like that even on like the book, it even says volume one of a three book cycle. Corner <laughs> was like, yeah, it's volume one. Unless you don't buy our book, then there is no volume two. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, this book was it was unexpectedly a bestseller. Like when it when it came out. Because no one's expecting a Star Wars book would be up there with great literature on the New York Times list, but it was, and that kind of spawned the rest of the book series, which lasted up until kind of the new canon came out. So it lasted yeah, about just bought it twenty years. Yeah, cut everything out. Yeah. Have you do you have have you seen these covers? I have a in my book. I have a cover gallery of the six issues, but I don't know if you see those. I see them at the at, on, on the yeah. What I'm looking at, I can see the covers. I. I do like the covers. I think they have very good drawings of the characters. Yeah. I don't know how they compare to the Dark Empire. Dark Empire maybe had a little bit more sophisticated covers, but yeah, I think these these are evocative, too. These are nice covers. Dark Horse had good Star Wars comics. That's true. At least what I'm reading so far. Like, this was enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, the covers didn't do anything to really stand out to me, but they're still cool. I still wouldn't mind owning them. Yeah. You know, if you saw it, I mean, you'd be like, that's Star Wars. I better... Check oh, you know, I, I want these books, no question. <laughs> I don't really buy comics anymore or look for comics, but yeah, I, I do want these. Yeah, I was picking up, I picked up the trade, um, the collection of all of them, and um, it's very expensive nowadays, even the collection. So I'm lucky, I was lucky to get a hold of it for just a couple of dollars back in the day. <laughs> well, that's because they probably weren't reprinted ever again. I, I don't think so. There may be like a collection somewhere with them, but I'm sure they weren't 
sure they weren't. Okay, for the comic, Star Wars Heir to the Empire, number one and number two on eBay as of November 2020, 20, or 2021, sorry, $150. Jesus. And another guy selling just the first book, first appearance of Thrawn and Mara Jade, $150. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not cheap. No. Even the trade, someone selling the, the trade paperback for 35 with bids. No bids yet, but like, yeah, these are not cheap books anymore. Yeah, you know, a lot of Star Wars books, I work at a used bookstore and I see them come in, you know, they, they're not expensive at all. So these ones are kind of rare ones that people, there's a demand for them probably because of the legacy of Grand Admiral Thrawn. So well, that, I doubt these were ever re-released. Right, that too. that too. Because Dark Horse doesn't have the license anymore and Disney's not going to want to release something that, you know, they're not going to, you know, these aren't canon anymore. They're not going to want these out there even though they should be. But yeah, that is expensive. Yeah. Man, I wish I had these books now. But yeah, that's all right. I think we should go to shelf stacker box. Sure. And I'll go first. So when I came into this, I, I had good, ex- I had high expectations because I was excited to finally, you know, absorb this information again, maybe in a better format because I don't read. I should, but I don't. And I was like, okay, I, when I, I got so excited when I first heard that these were, was a miniseries. And I remember telling people, they're like, no, nah, it's a book. I'm like, but there's a comic miniseries. And I read it. I enjoyed it. I read it pretty quickly. The art was nice enough to get into. You know, the story was interesting, even though it's the first part of a trilogy, but it was still very, you know, it's very good, even though it doesn't it doesn't fill out. You know, you don't you don't get answers to anything because I'm assuming I won't get my answers I want until the last command, the final book of this. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy it. I'm going to put on the shelf. I'm very glad I finally got to read it in a shape or form and I got to record about it. So (laughs) I'm very happy. Uh, What about you? Keep it on your shelf. I think Uh, this is one of the premier Star Wars comics uh, or the. Star Wars stories, I would say. Heir to the Empire is widely regarded as, if not the best, and one of the best Star Wars novels. And for any Star Wars casual fan, you need to read it just to understand what all the fuss is about. So if you're on this, if you like Star Wars, you get to see what's going on here. It's not a complete story, like Mike said, but it's the beginning. And you should at least see if you want to continue reading the other issues from then on out. And if you want to read this comic, don't eBay it unless you want to own it because it's not. I will, yeah. Just Google's your friend. That's all I'm going to say. Google. That's you'll find. No if one, you no find one needs it, the there. money anymore. I'll say that. Well, I mean, if if Disney cared, it would be in digital. I don't know. Maybe it's in digital form, but I well, no. There's no chance. You know, there's the right issues. But when it comes to stuff that can no longer be obtained except by dropping hundreds of dollars on eBay, I always yeah. tell people like get it any way you can at that point because you're not benefiting anybody. You know, you're not benefiting the company because you you know gave some guy on ebay two hundred dollars you know you're just it doesn't matter i mean hell the trade is it's it's more than a trade should be but if you really so, want to you know 95 dollars is the only one on ebay that i found there is oh you know what there is a thrawn trilogy hardcover that I just went to amazon and it's they had an amazon starting five hundred dollars don't pay that <laughs> Unless you want to own it just to own it, for own its sake. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I have a freaking comic book all around me on the wall and stuff of first appearances. So, like, I get it if you want to spend that kind of money. Like, the I, if I saw that book now, you know, first appearance to throw on, buy it in a heartbeat. Not for the price that, that people want for it. If I'm going to spend 150 bucks on a book, it's going to be the first appearance of a Marvel character. Not a, not a. <laughs> not to disparage Grand Animal Thrawn, but. I paid less for my first appearance of Hawkeye and Vision. <laughs> Those are my more expensive books that are on my wall above me right now. Right. So yeah, I'm no. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at eBay. A sold copy of Thrawn trilogy, hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> That's what you're looking at, people. Yeah, just Google, read it any way you can, because it's definitely worth reading this this comic, especially if you're like me and don't really want to read a book. And comics <laughs> easier, you know. Very true. And we will be covering Dark Force Rising at some point, probably sooner than later, because I want to. So sounds good to me. <laughs> it might be it might be a lot sooner than later. We'll see. And if and if you want to hear more Star Wars, we have covered a lot of Star Wars on the show. We did Star Wars Dark Empire 2 slash Empire's End, which is not very good, but the Dark Empire 2 is okay. Uh, comic 30, also with Peter. We did Star Wars Dark Empire, Comic 27, also with Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed, Episode 115. Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2, TV 1. That's up there. Also, at the time that you're hearing this, Mandalorian 1 should be out also. So if you want to get, you want to get all caught up with Star Wars, there's that. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the game, episode 87. 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, episode 69. Star Wars, Dark, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, comic 6. Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire, episode 48. Star Wars Holiday Special, film 6. That's that's a fun I was one. In, I was in very many of these episodes. Most of them, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, episode 21. And Star Wars Dark Forces, the PC, PS1 game, episode 13. Our first Star Wars thing on the show. So damn long ago. <laughs> that was, yeah. Was. Almost three years ago at this point. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars content for you to go listen to if you want to hear more. And, Peter, where can people find you at again? For me, on you know, I have a website called PeterBP.com, but also if you Google The Fifth Civilization, I'll pop up, and I would say give it a read if you like Star Wars or if you like any sort of sci-fi adventure. Okay. And there will be a link in the show notes, as always, to check that out. So definitely look in the show notes. And as I forgot, as I didn't say at the top of the show, but I will say now, we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon poll. Every month we have a different one. What it is at the time you're hearing this, I don't know, because I don't know when you're going to hear this exactly. And I haven't thought of any of the polls for the future, so go check that out. <laughs> and I want to give a shout-out to her awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury at TikTok. She made us a new intro and outro in the last few months that now I'm we have in the show. So definitely go, want to give a shout-out to her. Also want to give a shout-out to my... My buddy who did the MCU with me, Bill Tucker, who's also on a lot of the film episodes of the show, he started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. We'll see a link in the show notes. Definitely go check him out. He does some quality work. And I think the last thing I need to say is please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're only audio, but we're on YouTube. So go check us out there if you like your podcast that way. Otherwise, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. It's We're there somewhere. There's I'm, I'm everywhere. If you Google us, you will find us. We're there. Games my mom found everywhere. Go go find all your shows. And Podbean has everything if you're missing old episodes and can't find them on other parts. So that's all that I got for you guys. And I want to thank Peter for joining me again for more Star Wars. And look forward to Dark Force Rising is coming. At some point, we will be reviewing that probably in the next couple months of time you hear this. So check that out. Probably within a month nice. you hear this. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.